This show is a series of conversations amongst really good friends. We come from different generations and have different life situations. And those situations are even changing as we record this. We decided when we began that this might be a helpful conversation for others to be a part of. So we offer this to you as, as a gift. In the words of Dr. Adrian Keene, we have decided to consent to learn in public with you. We intend to be mindful, authentic, and responsible with our words. But we also expect to mess up and learn through this conversation. Take a look at America today. I wish I could give you better news. That I am suspending my campaign. 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden. And all this little thing is going to have to And the path toward victory is virtually impossible. For some of these other candidates to get behind Joe Biden. I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. Mid-July, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. My name is Addie. I use pronouns like she and her. I was raised and rooted in rural America near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I currently find myself in icky Silicon Valley, which is occupied Ohlone territory. And this weekend, I cried in the corner for so long and so hard that Dan had to get me my inhaler because just that pandemic, you know, no reason, just sobbing in the corner. That's my, that's my context for this week. And I spend my days working with young people in an online format. My name is Ari. I use mostly he, him pronouns with the gender normies and then they, them, or he, him pronouns with the, with the gender traitors. I am uh, 18 years old and I am white and I live in Chicago, um, which is occupied Miami, Potawatomi and Peoria land. And yeah, I'm an artist and a student this weekend or yet last night I was at a protest that was a black indigenous solidarity protest. Hi, I'm Julia. I am 18 years old and I'm a white cis woman and I also live in occupied Council of the Three Fires territory. I spend my days on a youth council working with young people on policy recommendations and also doing out of systems work in the afternoons. Um, and I was also at the protests that Ari mentioned. I am Dan Giles. I am a cis white adjacent half Asian man who uses he, him pronouns. I identify with all of the different places people have mentioned living in so far, plus I grew up in Seattle. I'm spending my pandemic time as part of the Frontier Development Laboratory trying to find star spots. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired, but also rejuvenated to be around you, my dear friends. And I wish I was in Chicago, just like watching them tear down statues. I wish I was there. Ah, yeah, I that was... That. I was telling Dan, Julie, and I were, were there last night. In the flesh, together. Did you see each other? We went we with went each other. And then I abandoned him. <laughs> you didn't abandon me. Okay, I'm just you know, going to reiterate it because I think it bears saying. I am not, like, ashamed, or I don't think you need to be ashamed. I don't feel, like, disappointed or abandoned or left. I just, like, the only thing I feel is just incredible, like, pride and love for you and, like, joy that I get to call you my friend and my comrade. Like that's, that's it. What? Okay. Let's talk about that. Okay. What happened? I love you. I just like, I know that 
normally when I go to protests, I don't even like have a buddy. So I feel like I have like, like we were buddies, and then this made me realize to stay together. A buddy, because um, mm-hmm. then it was getting dark. We only had our bikes. So basically, things are, when things start to escalate, I called my mom, and I was like, "Hey." She had been like, you need to be home before dark because I was on a bike and I don't, have, I don't have reflective gear. And I don't think Ari does either. No, but um, I don't care as much about that stuff. I'm riskier with my life, but continue. So, so I called my mom and I was like, so things are escalating. I can use my bike to help um, make a barrier between people and the police. And she was like, COVID, you can't be getting close to people. Because like this whole time I'd kind of been staying in the back with Ari. And like, I was like distancing pretty effectively. And she's like, you have responsibility to people in your house, you need to come home. So I was like, I mean, I think it, like it was definitely the right thing to do in that like my impact, my negative impact on people in the house is much bigger than my positive yeah. impact of being there. But it was hard to like leave everybody because then I was like, I'm gonna stay. Um, and- Just for like other people listening to this, what type of housing situation oh. do you live in? I live in an intentional community. Um, I live with 10 other people. Um, several of them are Black and Indigenous and asylum seekers and immigrants. So I, and you know, um, decisions I make on a daily basis impact people in those groups of people. Um, yeah. And I love very much. And we're, we all have agreements about how we're going to keep each other safe from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but Luckily, we both made it home safe and I think missed most of the police violence. Um, How long did you stay? I stayed, I stayed later. I don't know how much, like, how much time I stayed later. Um, I mean, actually, like, the, the majority of the, like, wild shit that I experienced was, like, in the first, like, probably 10 minutes after you left. Um where I did form a barricade. Um, and then when I was doing that, uh, I didn't tell you about this last night because I didn't want you to freak out, but I will, I'm gonna put a little content warning. We're gonna talk about police violence. Mm. Um, yeah, so I like had my bike in a barricade and then uh, so like the police officers were trying to like get through, um, and we're like, you know, pushing people and trying to push us back. So this one cop kept trying to like grab my bike and was like, kept pushing me back. And I kept just holding on to my bike and being like, I'm not gonna move. And uh, at first I wasn't talking cause I was like, I don't want to escalate. But then at like the third time that he pushed me, I was like, don't fucking touch me. Cause I feel like I'm allowed to say that. And then he like grabbed me by my neck and tried to like throw me down. Um, and there were a bunch of people behind me, so they made sure that he like, they like pushed back against me so that I like what didn't fall down. Um, but that was scary. Uh, he eventually sort of like turned around and left, so I didn't actually see him again for the rest of the protest. But mm-hmm. that was that was pretty. I don't know. That was just that was a pretty scary intense. thing. Um, and then. Yeah, and so I, I stayed with the bike barricade for a while, um, and then I spent a little bit of time, like, there were, I've never been in a protest where, like, so many people needed medics, 
Um, mm -hmm. So for then there was, there was a little bit of time where I, my sort of like the job that I had was just like, but biking around the area to see like who needed medical attention and then going back into the protest to like get medics out to go help those people. Um, and then, yeah, and then some people really close to me got uh, like pepper sprayed and I started breathing it in and was coughing and then I was like, okay, I oh. need to be able to bike home. And if I, yep. like, and and that is a thing that matters to me. So I like was yes. like, this is the point where I need to leave because mm -hmm. if I get pepper sprayed, I don't know that I'm gonna be able to bike home. Great. Um, Mm. Um, wow yeah that was that was scary it was yeah thank you for sharing that with us but it was I'm also thinking like, about no you go yeah, keep going i'm just thinking okay so this is like so different world that we're living in right now but dan and i went to it we walked we were gonna like walk for a morning walk and we saw there was an estate sale so we went there and we've been like 100% sheltering in place so much so that I have not touched another human being for like approximately, I don't know, 16 weeks. And I, I accidentally brushed against someone's finger today. And it, and it was like such a big deal to me that I like um, recognize it as a new time that someone was touching me. And now I'm thinking of this person violating your space by touching, not just touching your neck, but like you know, throttling you and the, the like relationship we have to touch right now. It just, um, that probably I'm assuming is one of the few people, maybe you have like a larger number, but one of the few people who specifically touched you in the last some weeks. And, and that is uh, really scary and gross. I'm so sorry that happened. It is. It's also like, I will also share, I ha uh, have anxiety. Like that's a thing that I deal with. And, um, frequently one of my like triggers is touch and especially like touch when I'm not expecting it. So like when people yeah. try to go up and give me a hug from behind, I have to be really clear. Yeah. Like, you can't do that to me. That doesn't work. Yeah. For me. Um, yeah. And like, and so that's also been weird because I've, I've been having this weird combination of like, no one wants to touch me all the time. And I'm like, this is great. I love that. But then also it feels very lonely. Cause then I also don't get any yes. of the touch that I actually do like. Um, yes. And yeah, I don't know, I've just sort of, and then there's also a lot of like, I think fear when someone touches you because you're like, what if they have COVID, right? Um, mm -hmm. And especially cause like none of the cops are wearing masks and none of them. Oh my gosh, it's, yeah. It's absurd. The, the I, most mask wearing I've seen. As far as the protesters, everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's wearing masks and everyone like brings masks. And if you don't have a mask, they give you masks, right? Right, and right, and right. Like, don't have one and aren't going to wear one then they're like you you need to like be at the back mm -hmm. or like you can't you know you need to wear a mask if you're yeah. going to be here and then none of the <laughs> and there has not been like statistically not been so far you know everything is based in a certain time but so far has not been a big spread based on places that there were protests because people mm -hmm. are taking it so seriously because we care about keeping each other safe like that's just, because uh, they care about other people because that's fundamentally the reason why they are why people are moving their bodies in these ways yes the things that have contributed to spreads are thing indoor things like rallies or conventions or stuff where people are indoors yeah political things yeah. as opposed to Selfish activist people. things yeah mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad that you went yeah i'm so glad you went yeah Glad that you're okay. It sounds yeah. like you're okay, but maybe there's more to it than I, that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, 
I think I'm sort of in like, like coasting mode a little bit of like partially because I went from like being like grabbed in that particular way to like, mm -hmm. then now like today no one's touched me again. Like, so I sort of don't, nice. but I honestly, yeah. the, it's gonna, I don't know if this sounds weird, but like the thing that I'm honestly most nervous about is like, when I do have, or when I am in a position where I do want to touch people again, like, am I, is that a thing that I'm going to feel able to do? Mm. Like, mm. I don't know. I was just, cause I was just thinking about it and I was like, the next time I see like Meg, my partner again, like, am I going to be able to hug them? Or is that, mm. am I going to realize that that's not a thing that's okay with me anymore? Or, you know, like just, mm. and, and I don't know right now cause I'm not touching anyone right now, but I don't yeah. know. Just the, the thought of them like returning to touch of any kind feels weird yeah mm -hmm. i feel that like that i think there's going to be a lot of anxiety for me and um i think a lot of others like about any form of touch and just like every every moment that like it's going to be a second guess like you don't you can't trust people um you can't trust mm -hmm. people with touch anymore and if somebody touches you you have to go wash your hands and we're we're building up habits those of us who i i think are being responsible and taking this seriously, we're building up habits to not trust people or to not trust interactions that way um, because we're trying to be responsible that way. But it's tough. It's but it tough. feels gross. Like it feels, it yeah. It, it, it feels so like, especially because so much of it, it does feel like trust. And obviously like, you know, when I'm, when I'm with my, with like, you know, when I'm with you, Julia, but I'm not going to hug you. And I'm like, I, I trust that I want to trust that you don't have COVID and that I don't have COVID, but I can't do that. I don't, it feels sort mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. like, it almost feels like I don't trust someone's character. Yeah. I know it's about responsibility, but it, it feels, you know, it does feel like trust. Yeah. It's like contrary to our understanding of relationship too. And it reminds me of everything toxic, every toxic interpretation of biblical purity where you're like, this person is okay. This person's within my, like this person's within my web, you know, this person's within my household. So they count as pure. It, it really mm. is like, it, it can get so gross in terms of uh, the way that we like categorize people. But what we do know if is that- If you talk to a person who is quote unquote unclean, you must quarantine for 14 days. That's almost like fully but honestly, biblical. I did think that I was like, yeah, I mean, I was like, well, we went to this estate sale and then I like, I, I am thinking like, I don't think we can go to the grocery store. <laughs> like I, okay. But this is uh, getting off track of what I want to center us back into, which was that uh, yesterday the police harassed Ari and that that was something yes. um, that was shared right now. So I just mm -hmm. want to make space for yes. that again and say, thank you for sharing that. And um, what a wild time for this to happen. And I love you. And I'm glad you were there. It felt really good to see people like, I mean, the Columbus statue when we got there, I mean, Julia, you saw it and I did take a picture of it so that like, just in case that like was covered in, in plastic sheets by the time we got there, which is so telling. Mm -hmm. Just like mm -hmm. this, this thing that like, and I tried saying that to my dad and he didn't, I don't think he really got it when I said it, but I was like, that feels like such a big, like, like a big fuck you that it's like, yeah. we know that this statue is harmful and that you want to take it down. And we, we know that that's what you want. And we are not only not going to do that, we are going to put up things to protect it. Like, <laughs> and actively harm real people's bodies while we protect stone and granite or whatever it's made of. The it, picture that I just saw was a circle of police around 
the statue protecting it protecting a statue and attacking people protecting a statue and attacking people yeah yeah it just it but it made me it also felt i was looking at it and i was like columbus does look a little bit like he's wearing a white hood right now which is maybe relevant oh yeah but also i just thought that was a in, funny image yeah. i was looking because it's trying right now it's like in in trying to hide uh and protect the things that they hold dear they have really re revealed themselves yeah <laughs> i was waiting to see what the mayor would say about last night and she didn't say anything for a while she said something about john lewis and then everyone was like shut up and um which was very satisfying to see like shut up your cops beat up a bunch of high schoolers last night john what? lewis would have been beat up by the cops last night yeah like, yes right um but she like released a statement and she's learning because she like distinguished that a portion of the protesters turned violent not everybody and she was like please like i don't know it was very like she was trying to play both sides very much she is okay she was like it was the most passive sentence i probably ever read in my life she was like we have been pursuing the the like building of a task force to discuss the option of how we might want to like consider what statues we have. Like she was like talking about like we're we're pursuing making a task force to talk about doing a thing. I was like, girl, like just do it. Just do it. I'm so sick of task forces. I okay, and like I say this is someone that was part of like Whitney Young, our high school, our former high schools, like task force like anti-racist task force for mm -hmm. three two years two years mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i'm so sick of task forces but when they say task force they mean we're gonna make all the like people in marginalized groups right so like we're gonna make mm -hmm. all the because in that particular one it was like some like black and brown educators and then like the mm -hmm. one trans teacher and like mm -hmm. one trans student being like mm -hmm. no, we're both white but um like being like you are we're gonna make put all of you in one room and get you to fix these issues and we're not gonna give you any money to fix the issues with and we're also not gonna pay you for your labor also like for usually these task force have no like real power so it's like the task force exists to advise and then they'll do whatever they want anyway yeah and then like and then every time someone says you're doing something racist and they say well we have the task force Da -da. <laughs> yes 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 oh um if i may take a moment just to call out the presbyterian church have you heard it before oh what <laughs> she's gonna say something bad about the presbyterian church so we just had our assembly, uh, which is like the big meeting of Congress for Presbyterians. And it was a disaster. <laughs> it was all, I just watched it all online, but it, it totally, just what Ari said, where you get people of color to do this work on a seemingly meaningless, powerless, uh, in a seemingly meaningless, powerless, small group <laughs> that then isn't listened to. And I, for the, I've heard like as my response to that, that as a white Presbyterian who belongs to a predominantly white denomination, the Presbyterian church that I have work to do that is not just based in elevating black people's voices in my denomination, but also taking 
some of those conversations and just having them on my own. And that's something that I had not been focusing on. <laughs> I was, I have been like pretty clear to be like, well, this like, this conversation has no black voices in it. So this is wrong. <laughs> and I believe that as a value. And I also was hearing how tired people were saying like, I've done, I've been on every single task force. I've been on every single committee. I've been on every single board. And ultimately we are a denomination that's almost like 90% white or something. And so that is gonna only make me tired to continue to do this work without your help, 90% the rest of you. And that is something I'm, I'm not really clear on how to articulate that because I still don't wanna come off as not centering black voices. I just wanna take, I wanna do my work. I wanna do the work and I'm trying to show up to do that. And I feel uh, like it's stirring in me right now, my friends. I think I there's to talk about it in the right way though. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're hitting on is that there's a, a lot of, there's like a, there's like a, a balance as a white person between trying to like not take advantage of like black people's like labor. Right. Yes. And not, and not like it, not uh, uh, expecting or feeling entitled to black people's labor, especially for, Black people's labor to like fix white people and also wanting to like honor those voices and make sure that you're also not a bunch of white people making decisions about what black people should want. Yeah. And I've even heard people shift this already where people are like, well, we don't, I've heard black activists say that they're too tired and we don't want to burden them. So when we pick our book for um, this, this book, club that we're going to do we're going to pick a white author and i was like nope that's what? not what nope that Dan, doesn't make sense the, they wrote the Dan, book <laughs> that, that's the, i know um the labor has been done already please pay people it's like and they were like no <laughs> it's like liberals are toddlers who can only understand like the letter of the word you say and they're like i was told i can't have any black people in front of me because they're tired. So I won't use any black resources. Ever. Yeah, and, and I was told that we shouldn't put emotional labor on to like marginalized groups. And so I'm telling you that you can't do it for your You're own You're not allowed good. to work. Really, because this is actively harming me. What's going on? No, it's not. I feel like, I don't know, at least with like the activism that I'm doing, I feel like I'm trying to transition to like, at least doing maybe an equal amount of work that is, because I don't know, I feel like in the past, most of the work that I've done has been like, like the work that I've done around like trans education stuff has been like fixing cis educators so that they don't treat trans yeah. kids horribly. And I feel yeah. like I, I want to do like less of fixing the people causing harm and maybe more of, uplifting and supporting and caring for the people that are being harmed because I just I find the former so draining and I find the latter so like filling even even when it's hard I totally agree with you and uh, but I think I think that my voice needs to be in these places because no one else will tell them these things and honestly when I was working at SPR it was also a difficult place for me to be sometimes because it, it's a different it's in comparison I'm like well, it's so much better than some other places but it has its own very racist systems that play out all the time and so I I think uh I can't wait to see all of the ways that you decide to go 
in those various spaces at various times in your life where you're like super fed by the work and then when your voice is like the only one saying anything and it hurts you so much to be there but you're, it's so important that you're there like I feel like you're gonna do that at the Art Institute yeah oh man the Art Institute is also a kind of a whack place to be entering into I felt really weird because yeah. I was wearing the Art Institute shirt yesterday and then I was also talking about how racist the Art Institute's being but but that's you have to have people in the Art Institute saying yeah. it's racist right you know Oh, definitely. I just, I, I'm, I feel, I'm really excited. And I also am really excited to like join in a group that already exists as opposed to like the stuff at Whitney Young was a lot of like, I was the sort of like making, making these groups sort of out of nothing. Yeah. And it did feel a lot like alchemy sometimes versus this one. I feel, I, I feel a lot more confident, like joining in with, you know, people that I already consider like, friends and that I, you know, trust and respect that are doing this work and that I can listen to and that this, it feels a lot better going into that, I think. Um, it also feels yeah. like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not even, I haven't even taken a class yet and I already feel very like deeply disappointed in the school in a lot of ways. I hear you. Julie, do you want to talk about the work you're doing with uh, City Year? Is that what it's called? I'm, I'm a, on a council, the youth council, um, that is, uh, the Youth Safety Advisory Council, so we're basically trying to make policy to inform police accountability, and then we're going to recommend it to the Chicago Police Department, you're and they're going to take our recommendation. You're, a, you're an task force. force, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop killing people. Thank you. I'm going to be like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning a lot about the different things going on in Chicago, the different ways that people are trying to work on this issue. Um, mm -hmm. And I appreciate the perspectives in the room are very diverse, um, but like the white girls dominate the space. And there's just been a few times that I've just been like, I don't know how to do, like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to be another white person talking, but I also like want to offer them some perspective on like what's going on. Mm -hmm. So just, um, that's been a thing. It's and it's like everyone's very kind and thoughtful, but like, shut up, please. <laughs> that also, I feel like, goes back to I don't know. I feel like we haven't talked about voting yet. I'm not sure that we're necessarily going to. I don't know if this one's going to air. I feel like we're all I'm, talking about work too much. But <laughs> I, I'm having a great time. But I am like, how is anything I just said going to get in there? But it, it, I really want people to know that this happens. But I just don't want to get fired. Yeah. We could just I have housing. This one we could not edit this time. one heavily and just like have like it be great, about the protest. <laughs> it is great, but how could this possibly go out into the world without harming y'all? I was just sitting, I was just like, maybe no one would find it. The hope is just, yeah. And they won't listen this far in. Um, uh, no, I was, I just... I'm really sick of disclaiming people in general, but like, especially white people by saying that they're nice. I don't care. I, I don't care if you're nice. Oh yeah. I like, and, and I'm not, sorry, I'm not trying to fault you, Julia. I want to like okay. affirm what you're saying. And I think I just, I get so annoyed by nice white people that are still racist because like, or are still doing things and not really being reflective about it because you can't even confront them because they're like, but I'm nice. Like niceness is so, 
like especially because like white niceness is I feel like a specific set of things and that 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 are also really annoying sometimes like in and of itself but like white niceness is also so like rooted in like white innocence and I, I just yeah. you've also got politeness. that midwest niceness a very specific midwest politeness I yes, from the Midwest, and I don't think this is. I mean, like I know about the like Midwesterners saying sorry all the time and stuff, but like I don't know. Can you can you speak more to that? Oh, I feel that. Mm. Like I always thought I was like a little bit too mean. I don't know. It's just like a vibe. It's like in the driving too. It's in the driving, and when you walk by people, it's just different yeah. than the East Coast. I don't know about the West Coast. Wait, Dan, where are you? Where did you grow up and where did I grow up so that people understand? Where did everybody I, grow I'm up? I'm from here? I'm from near Seattle. I'm from near Pittsburgh. Anyone else? Oh, I'm I, I just said I'm from Chicago. Deep oh enough. wait, okay, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, same. I do feel like it's different. I mean, I arrived in Chicago when I was like twenty three and I was like this feels different to me than like New York. So like I would say in Seattle, there's something called the Seattle freeze, which is just people who live in Seattle don't want to interact with tourists and don't like tourists and also don't want to interact with each other. And it's like, a, keep your head down. <laughs> don't interact with people on the street. Don't like look at them or smile at them or talk to them. Like talking is right out. If you're talking to a stranger on the street, that's wild. What are you doing? Um, but I feel like in the Midwest, it you're expected to give like the, I don't know, a nice smile to a person if you look at them in the eyes, which is a weird thing mm -hmm. to do in the first place. Why would you look at somebody well, yeah. in the eyes? And there's just like generally less people yelling at people in public. I yeah, feel like people, people just yell at each other all the time in in where I'm from. People are just like they'll honk the horn at you, they'll like they'll they'll scream at you, they'll yell at you, they'll like confront you. <laughs> and it just happens. I don't know. Okay. That's, That's interesting. That does happen a lot in New York. <laughs> I'm not from New York, but like I think that's true. That's my experience of the East Coast is New York City. So most of the time it's that I go to the East Coast is to the like the the very gentrified suburb uh, of Philadelphia where my mom's family all lives. So I don't know that, I, <laughs> and I think I maybe interact with five people there, and they're all just like joggers, probably named Bradley. So like I, you know. Like, are you accustomed to people small talking with you, like random strangers small talking with you if you're in a situation ever? Yeah, if you're like waiting in line. It's, yeah, I guess, okay. But yeah. like, I would call I that like a Midwest know, sort I'm of. I'm not sure this is completely helpful to be doing, but I, I do think there's something noticeable if you spend one, you're, I think, I don't know, it's hard to like distinguish in a non-harmful way, but I just will say I did notice a difference when I moved. To a different region and i definitely notice a difference moving to the west coast mm -hmm. totally different and but i'm then, sure that i mean there are other pockets too but then like I, I appreciate that people want to be nice and like connect with each other but then navigating that as like a woman has always been weird because growing up i'm like hearing all these stories about how like small talk leads to like your kidnapping 
And so like, I started to like, be really like wary when people would try to talk to me. And so like, I'm like at this point where I want to like make connections with people, but I also like, if anyone talks to me, I think they're trying to kidnap me. (laughs) Like that's, that's what I was like. I'm just, I'm trying to be healthily suspicious of the world, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'll also say that this wasn't necessarily the values that I learned interpersonal, or like in my family, like my mom was like talking to everybody all the time and she was like, strangers are fun. (laughs) So I I didn't get these messages from from my family, but that was definitely like, um, like don't talk to people, just to like drive fast and don't, don't, act like you don't see people when you're out in public and my mom was like what's your story <laughs> but why are we talking about this oh because it has to do with whiteness and politeness and kindness and that maybe there's like a veneer of not being sincere if people are kind you did a lot of rhyming know. in that i know i know i was like was i oop uh, did a little i make like a shakespearean character like giving a <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it, this has nothing to do with uh, being racist. Your how kind you are has nothing to do, and it is a it is a distraction to bring it up, which well, is yeah, what you were so saying. I, did, I I hate yeah. I don't I don't like when people get when when <laughs> I feel like white people are nice and then like expect expect something back from that. Like like it feels mm-hmm. it feels very transactional when it's when people are nice in like social justice Ooh. work, where it especially feels transactional in the sense of like I'm nice to you. So you have to be nice to me and you have to be nice to me when you telling me that I mess up, which really means you don't really tell me that I mess up. Um, and it means that then I get to say something or I don't know, we were also talking Julia when we were when we were on our bikes about how people are like, I'm learning. And then they end it there. And I'm all oh, that's another phrase I'm sick of. We're just gonna talk about all the things. All I've of that done. happened in this conversation at yeah. work last Thursday. I just when people are like, I'm uh, we hear you. And we see you and we're listening oh, that Instagram we're learning thing. while you're doing that people are dying I hate it partially because that it's like okay but what when do you that's not I don't know this just it, it, it's it's the, it's the same thing with the niceness of like you say the nice thing which is like I hear you and I see you and you don't back it up with any kind of actual action mm-hmm. and then you expect people and when people get mad at you, you're like but I'm learning so uh Sorry, it's my computer, I think, then. Um, so I just had my book club on The Water Dancer, which I do want to just point out that, not to call anybody out, but, like, to literally call everybody out. Dan, was Dan like, pointed this out to me. I had, like, 18 people sign up for this because it was my first time posting book club post-George Floyd. And, you know, my book club is, like, non – you can't be a straight white American male and get on that book club list. Like, that's the whole point of it. And so people were like, I want to read John Ossie The Water Dancer. <laughs> 18 people, sorry, Julia, I just realized you were one of them, signed up for it. And actually you weren't on the list, so you're not counting in this. No. And four people, counting me, actually showed up. Counting you? Which I have, I have all the grace in the world for people who do not finish books. That is like the point of my book club. But that was like super saying, people being like, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to learn about racism. And then that was like, that was a month and a half to prep for this. Yeah. Or to just, yeah show up read the read the read i know the just, just i know and i'm like so like oh i didn't i started on monday like i'm not uh, this morning i wrote and i was like i got 200 pages to go still <laughs> and okay so anyways 
back to where okay we're talking about like words that you say or that people say that they're like I'm learning or like I see you I hear you which really bums me out because I actually really like it if people say like I hear you in like an intentional way um so when someone said yeah but I mean the, these people that we're talking about are like yeah, gaslighting. So, so one thing that I really loved that someone said about this was, so there's, it's a, it's a really gloomy book, but there is a white woman character in it. Who's like an abolitionist and vital to the story, but also like harms people throughout and is very well written in terms of like what, how white women uh, interact with anti-racist work. It's so good. And so we talked a lot about that and how um, if you're, if you're working towards liberation, but one person said, but your splash zone of harm um, is you're not aware of, of what your splash zone is and you don't take credit for the harm that you've done and you don't recognize the harm you've done, which is this lady was like, well, I'm, I've been oppressed too. I'm a woman and and I'm trying to free everyone. Um, but she like actively harmed people throughout, like physically harmed people um, throughout and almost like replicated the cycle of slavery within her liberation movement Ooh! and um <laughs> and i just loved that like that term of like harm your harm splash zone that <laughs> i think when people say stuff like that if they're like oh i'm learning like don't correct me i'm learning and they don't they make the harm conversation about like you just harmed me when you corrected me instead of about the harm that they were doing with their splash zone and like recognizing uh how much space they took up and I feel like you can say like, oh, I messed up and I don't know everything. And that could be an authentic thing where you're like, I recognize that like what I just said harmed you and I suck and I'm like, I don't, ha I don't know everything. <laughs> or you could say it in a manipulative way. Like these people are saying where they're like, don't judge me. It doesn't even make sense that I'm learning would be the end of a conversation. I'm learning. Great. I'd love to learn more. That's what <laughs> I'm learning should mean. Not. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about Whitney Young right now. Okay, so I'm on Instagram, um, and there a couple weeks ago. Yes, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Time feels weird in quarantine, but um, there was all this stuff coming out. Where sort when all the like, if you've seen the like, Blackett, Whitney Young or Blackett, whatever, like various like institutions, um, like where that's basically like black people getting an opportunity to anonymous anonymously share like things that happened to them. Um, when that page first went up, there was also people recycling around essentially like incidents, racist incidents that had happened at Whitney Young during our time there, Julia, that didn't get like effectively dealt with, right? They just didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so the thing with the swastika was brought up again um, from last year and the racist group chat from our freshman year, I had actually never, and they were tagging people's accounts and tagging like their uh, their colleges and their sororities and things like that um, as being like, so what are you gonna do, right? Um, and one of them made, one of the, the, the girls who was involved with this group chat that like where she was like literally saying the N word and like talking about like lynching people, like, just she she's now showing up on my Instagram and the like people you should follow because she made a new account like and it's I just like people have these statements and they'll, they'll release these statements where they're like I'm listening and I'm learning and whatever but you're not you're not really you just like I don't know that that I know this isn't exactly directly connected I just want to talk about it because I'm pissed off about it it keeps showing up yeah. but yeah. it's like 
if you really wanted to show that you were actually committed to learning and like were trying to grow as a person, you wouldn't make a new account. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't. That is do- literally unaccountable. Like it's just, and, and, and then people will use the thing of like, when I did that, I was, I did that and I was 15 and I didn't know any so better. Young. <laughs> and I'm like, yikes. Well, what do people think about when they were current day and they put, you didn't put a, a, a square, a black square on your Instagram, anyone, right? No. My like dance team oh, you said they were going to do it. I did it. And then I was like, actually, this isn't effective. And halfway through the day. It took up the, I, it took up so much space, <laughs> like physically took up all the space on social media. It was so dumb. I had to explain it was so dumb. Because he put up one and I was like, you got to take it down, buddy. Yeah. But that's like they were this this days old and they still didn't get it. I don't that I feel bummed by that. And I don't get why people don't get that. Oh, right. The thing the point I was gonna make was that when people sort of say like I'm learning and then they shut down or they're like, I didn't know, and then they sort of expect it to end there, is sort of like you don't get to have that and then have it be a cop out. Like if you don't know, then you have to learn and you have to know. Right. Like yeah. it's you know, when yeah. you cause harm, yeah. you don't just get to be like, Well, I didn't know. If you like, yeah. I don't know. It's part of systemic like, racism that you didn't know. Let's address that. Or like, yeah. I don't, if I didn't, if I didn't have a driver's license, I don't have a driver's license. So we'll do that. I don't have a driver. I don't have a driver's license. If I were to drive a car and like hit someone and hurt them. And then I was just like, well, I don't know how to drive a car. <laughs> Everyone would be yes. like, and you don't get to drive a car again until you learn. Yes. That is a great example. Yes. Right. Totally. No one's, I don't get to be like, I'm learning and then don't back it up and then continue to drive a car, right? Yeah, like, and, and they would also be like, maybe you should like think about like the person's mailbox that you ran into. Like, do you want to say anything to that person? Do you want to maybe like build them a new mailbox? Like, what do you, do you have thoughts on that? I've got you a know? great idea for like racism insurance where like, as you are like growing up in the world, you get a learner's permit for like understanding systemic racism. And as you harm people, then people collect your information <laughs> and you have to pay out reparations for your harm. That's That's been an interesting thing that I've actually been That's seeing um, on when like when specific instances of of white people like causing harm or directly to or being racist directly to like specific black people as being like you mm-hmm. have to pay them reparations like that's been part of the call which has been really interesting to hear yeah that is interesting I mean a lot of stuff is monetized when a family member is murdered what part of a settlement could be that you get money from uh that person it's a, it is the way that our legal system actually works right now that's and one of the ways you win a case is you get money and and as much as i feel like there's sort of that you could make the like i think there, there's an issue of consent with it right where you're not just like this isn't a what, what reparations yeah. is not a white person does a racist thing and then they're like here's 20 bucks i'm sorry right like there's and a, then you're like poop poop done all done i gave you 20 bucks so i put 20 i tape 20 dollars to the person's mailbox and then i keep driving right like it's <laughs> Yeah, yes. You know, but but I do think it's also a way of being like this a monetary way that does that that shows that you're also frankly it shows that you're willing to give something up, right? Like mm. and it recognize it says I recognize that I'm wrong. I recognize that I'm wrong in a meaningful way. In in a way that that oftentimes in society we say is meaningful, which is to pay for things. Well, because it also, like, it does have an, like, and theoretically, you'd pay reparations to a degree that they would actually have an impact on you. Like, I don't know, if you pay someone, you know, if you give someone 
$200, maybe you don't get to go have takeout that weekend or you don't get mm-hmm. to see a movie the next wow, time. Wow, what kind of takeout are you getting? I don't know. I'm just, I, or you know what I mean? Like it, like it, it adds up, right? Yeah, yeah. Is Lowry's yeah. Steakhouse doing takeout now? Lowry's Steakhouse. Ooh. You don't, you, you have to be, maybe you don't take Uber the next few times that you, and you have to take public transit instead. Like, I don't know, those sort of, th- like you, you, you then have yes. to like, I hear you. Yeah. around those choices and be like, okay, so mm-hmm. this is the actual cost that my racism had on my life mm-hmm. in a way that I think is maybe valuable. This podcast is recorded on Ohlone and Potawatomi and Miami and Peoria land. Our producer is Sonia Berg. Want to support them? Look in the episode description to buy them a cup of coffee. Our logo is made by Julia's sister, Sophia. She is 12 and a Democrat who doesn't agree with everything the Democrats stand for. Our theme song is by some TikTok users that I cannot pronounce, but they will be listed in our episode description. 